This is it. This is where they hid her body. You ready? We wish to speak to the spirit of Madeline O'Malley. If you are here with us, give us a sign. Why do you stay here, Madeline? Why does your spirit never rest? Whoa. Madeline, give us a sign. Did you feel that? It's her. That was wind. No, she's with us right now. Wait, no. Madeline, we know that you're here with us right now. Speak to us. Welcome back to the Buzz Bill Cosby. I can't talk. The, the Buzz what? Bill Cosby. Welcome back to the Buzz, the Buzz Bill Cosby. The Buzz Bill Cosby Fest. Where this week, we in the East are about to spend a little bit of time in the West. I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. And that was a wreck. I, th- I thought it sounded pretty good. That was great. Good. It was great. The Buzz Bill Cosby. Don't be seeing the kids with the J-E-L-L-O-P-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-O-
I feel, uh, like, I Mike, feel like I've just been sleeping on the couch here, though. I've, I've been here so much lately. Mike showed me some of his shitty band's shitty music yep. earlier, yep. which sounded great because of the architect, <laughs> but uh, just shitty music. I think when, uh, since I've been talking about it on the show, I think that when we're finally done with it, I'll play a song. That's what I think. When what? When, when the record's done, we will play a song at the end of one of these shows. Uh, this song is because, not your personal little platform to, to... It is... I yeah it is no it's not it is then we're and gonna, I will do what I damn well please then we're gonna play some of my songs too Down, let's do it and then we're gonna play my record of of silence <laughs> I'm gonna write a record of silence every song is gonna be nothing and I'm gonna play it it's an hour long and then oh, we'll play all three of them at the live, same time live performance um, <laughs> yeah you know what screw it let's just do it right now no show all music <laughs> I thought you meant all silence. Oh, that, was, that was some old school J. <laughs> old si- all silence, a whole show of us silent would probably get the most plays out of any one of our episodes. It probably would. It probably would. <clears throat> um, so I got a I got a couple things to bring up here. What's up? I stopped at a, a store on my way here to grab a bag of ice. To, a what? A bag of ice <laughs> to grab a bag. I don't know why. It doesn't happen in my daily life. It's only once I get here I start cracking. Um. <clears throat> I stopped to grab a bag of ice to keep our uh, our beverages cold because uh-huh. we like important. A, we Very like a important. cold beverage, and I saw a dude probably our age, legitimately rocking uh, the Hitler mustache. Yeah, very bold, a very bold move. Like he had, not only the Hitler, it was a he had a chin strap. Yeah, and he had very dark uh, facial hair, so he had a chin strap. Did it like, not just a really douchey looking chin strap, and then. A Hitler mustache. Did it not dawn on you that he was probably part of the Aryan Brotherhood? <laughs> he just looked like a... Just saying. <laughs> kind of just looked like a regular old good old boy. Like he had a camo hat on. Yep, and yep. That's that's how they get you. You think so? That, that's, that's how they get you. Like, you a, think like that, an honest-to-goodness Hitler mustache, though. If, I've if, never seen a guy he, our age actually doing maybe that Maybe he wasn't doing the Hitler mustache. Yeah. Could he have potentially been doing the Charlie Chaplin mustache? I guess it, it could, could have be. been, it yeah. Could be. yeah. He didn't, be. he didn't strike me as a as but was he talking? Though. Was he talking? No. Ah, see, it was a Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> he, was, he was going silent. <laughs> that was it. Right. That was okay. it. <laughs> or is it the Jack White mustache? <laughs> Jack that, White. That's, that's Charlie Chaplin, but it kind of looks like Jack White it a little does bit. does kind of. Yeah. yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Except Jack, Jack White gets that shitty, like... Uh, like, you want to say it? You want to say it's the anti-Hitler? It's it's instead of like yeah. one one black streak down the middle, it's the two shitty streaks off yep. on the side. Yep, yep. Sort of. A, it's like someone shit on his face and he wiped his nose, <laughs> but the rest of it was still there. Speaking of shitting on people's face, I went to a murder uh, a murder mystery party this past weekend, and you mentioned that my look. Oh, kind of had kind of had a somebody shit on my face sort of look. That's true. Yeah, after he mentioned that, I looked at the picture and I was like, that I could see that being sort of looks like a, like a someone, log. Someone just, just laid a log, nice log over your upper lip. And well, was... I went to this. Uh, my my buddy and his wife just moved into a new house a couple months ago, and they had a uh, a murder mystery party for their their housewarming party. It was a lot of fun. But it was murder at the juice joint. It was set in the 1920s. Thanks for the invite, Greg. Actually, a bunch of people asked why you weren't there. Did you not get an invite? No. Oh, well, I don't know, man. And this is how it starts. It was set in the 1920s, and I was a 1920s gangster. Next thing I know, he's gonna be lighting my dog on fire. Named Muggsy Malone. You don't have a dog. <laughs> and uh, and I decided to play the part. I dyed my, I shaved my beard off, which I'm kind of upset about because now I look like a fat little 12 year old. True. And uh, I dyed my mustache black, mm-hmm. which was very becoming. It was it was be. 
something. I mean, lots of people be coming. <laughs> it's very becoming on you. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a piece of shit on my upper lip. It was terrible. Anyway, what have you guys been up to this week? Uh, I have just been here doing some record stuff. Finished it up. We made a record. It is done. It's all done. It's done. Cool. Now it is in, in the architect's hand to actually uh, make yes. it sound good. That's where it really comes together. That's but funny. go through, you know, replay all the parts, all all the auto tune. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if it sounds like he's singing a lot in the record, it's because he is. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did a fantastic job tracking everything. So some great sounding raw tracks. Yeah, I heard a couple before the show. They sound really good. I'm excited pains, about it. Pains me to say that. It's been but it sounds it's, pretty it's good. It's been six years since I've stepped foot into a studio though and done it. So I'm, I'm pretty six years. Been about that, right? Since Mayor, yeah. Oh, for crying! It's our last God. band. Yeah, it's been what? it's been a long time. Jeez, I but, can't um, believe that. That's, I know. So but long. that's like longer the, than the length of high school. <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it is, yeah. Well, for some people, <laughs> not for others. <laughs> what are you saying, James? Huh? What are you saying? I went to high school for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, that's not that's the important news, That's pretty good news, for though. bad acts, though. The, the important news of the week yeah. is that this week was the premiere of season three of Ash vs. Evil Dead. Oh. And I can, I can, I can happily say... It is incredible. Is it? it is the best version of Ash since Army of Darkness, in my opinion. Really? Yep. I cool. thought the first season he was good, but it was a little bit funky because you're going from what you perceived as Ash from a long time ago into this new version of him. Yeah. So it's kind of a weird, like, uh, you had to get used to the, as to what he is. Is he now. really playing like a new, like, no, sort well, of a? Not really. It's a little bit more goofy now. Mm. It's a little bit more. It's always been goofy, but I don't know. Sure. Uh, maybe people will disagree with me on that. But I thought it was a little bit more goofy in season one. Season two was kind of a continuation, but in this one, it felt very like Army of Darkness mm. type Ash, and cool. I was very excited about it. Uh, it's super good. I, I hope to God they don't cancel it after the season. I actually have some news about that when we get there. Oh no! But um. Uh, it's it's rough, man. Last season was rough, so we'll see. All right, one one more thing before we okay, move on. Okay, what's up? What the hell is Vero? Uh, apparently, it's a new social media app. Okay. I don't need a new social media app, so I'm just gonna be old and stick with the old face I saw, page. I saw a bunch of people <laughs> talking about it today, and I, I I even Googled it. I was like, what what is Vero? And I, I even like reading what I read, I still didn't understand why people are freaking out about it. It's like a uh, Instagram kind of laid out like that. Uh, I signed up for an account today. Sarah you did? Uh, told me about it uh, for business purposes. Yeah. Um, a lot of times people who are first on to a certain social media app, if it blows up, they, you know, the people that are there originally kind of get the most popularity. And yeah. for, for a business, that could be incredible, you know? Sure. Well, can you explain? Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, so basically, the first million people are going to be allowed to have it free for life. Oh, so it's something and you have after to pay that, for? It's going to be uh, paid if you don't want any type of ads or marketing or anything like that. Oh, and it'll be a, an ad-free um, social media app. See, the ad-free thing isn't like, that's not enough for me to pay for something. Like I can I can deal with ads. Yeah, you know I what I mean. I don't know what else it offers. That's kind of oh, what I heard. I and think got out of I it. think I saw actually your fiance say something about data mining too. Like no no data mining so, or something like that, right? Um, again, I don't data mine me. The I mean, you're not going to get any useful data out of me. So yeah, go ahead. I, I think the only way at this point uh, a company is going to get me to sign up for a new social media free blowjobs for life. I was literally just going to say that. <laughs> I, know you, I know you too well. <laughs> if it comes with beegers, I'm in. I but uh, but, it, but then everything I read, all the like, all the Google, um, like when I googled it, everything, all the headlines were, "What is Vero and why is it so bad and how can you delete it?" And I'm like, "Why? It's isn't this brand new? Why are people talking about how terrible it is?" 
Uh, do you know anything about that? I don't that? know. I, I went on there and I posted a picture just to have something on there, and then and I it, shut and it, it off. showed up. And then I took my phone into oh, the Apple Store. Right, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> smashed it on the ground. Um, I don't know. I, so yeah. I guess I'm still in the dark about it. Then yeah. maybe well, I'll have to do my own digging. I, I just thought maybe you guys could shed some light. Uh, speaking of being in the dark, we were in the dark on a few things last week. Damn it. Let's get to the corrections. Nice segue. Yeah, better than your shitty ones last week. Fuck you. Stupid! You're so stupid! All right, only one correction from last week, mm. uh, and that has to do with you. Uh, we were talking about the movie Vulgar, and you go, oh, that's the one with Jason Mewes. Uh, incorrect. Jason Mewes is, is he's he's in it, but not in the way that you thought that he was. Yeah. He has like the tie, he's like as a walk-on role, and that's it. So he is credited, but it is not the movie with Jason Mewes. Hey, well, you said that last All week. All I was gonna say. No, I didn't. I listened back to it today. Oh, I thought you specified. No, I, that I agree he, with you. It wasn't him. I agree with you because I kind of figured that he was in it. It's been a long time since I've seen it, and I agree with you because I kind of figured that he was because that whole group tended to stick yeah. together. Um, but no, uh, now Jason Mewes did have a bigger part in a movie called Drawing Flies. Which was another uh, movie that Kevin Smith made with that clerk's money yeah. right afterwards. That Same clerk's as, money. It was. It was uh, Drawing Flies, which starred um, Jason Lee. Okay. Uh, Jason Lee and Jason Mewes were the stars of that one. The Jasons. The Jasons. And then Brian, uh, and then, um, uh, Brian Johnson made Vulgar, okay. which was starring Brian O'Halloran. Right on. So, cool. That's it. Other than that, we were pretty good. Oh, yeah. And if we missed anything, be sure to tell us in the comments. On iTunes. On iTunes. <laughs> With a five-star rating. <laughs> All right. I'm Mike. Welcome to the Buzz Club Podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so this week, if you're done with corrections. Yes, I'm done. Uh, this week, we decided to do a little director's spotlight of... Uh, of, of one of our one of our beloved directors, Ty West, and uh, so we picked a couple of his movies, The Innkeepers and the House, House of, the, of the Devil. House of the Devil, one of my favorite uh, favorite horror movies of the last few years. Absolutely, uh, well, more than a few years. It came out in two thousand and nine, but almost a decade, almost a decade ago. Wow, House of the Devil. Yeah, it came out in two thousand and nine. Did it really? Yep. Oh shit. So yes, one of my favorite <clears throat> movies of the past decade, though, and and rewatching it tonight, and we'll get into this later, but. It stands, man. It stands. It's so good. For sure. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> for sure. I forgot to get Jason out here. Uh, so this. Uh, so in honor of that, Michael went out and because we're, I can't get this bottle open out of here. <laughs> because we are talking about Ty West, Michael went out and from Green Flash Brewery, in uh, where the hell is Green Flash Brewery? Do you I know? have no idea. Quite frankly. Uh, I'll look that up I, in a give second. Me box. Give me the box while you're talking about. Oh it. yeah. Okay. Uh, so from Green Flash Brewery, he found West Coast IPA. Pretty straightforward this week. Uh, yeah, West. Thai West, West Coast IPA. This is a double IPA, actually. It's extravagantly hopped. Extra extravagantly it hopped. It says. It's, ooh, it's got five layers of hops. Simcoe, Columbus, Cascade, Centennial, Citra. Uh, it does not say on this box anywhere where Green Flash Brewery is. Taste enlightenment. Enjoy in the glass. In this glass. In what glass? Oh, looks like a, a, a pint glass. Anyway, so this is uh, eight eight point one 8.1% alcohol by volume. That's very specific. Mm -hmm. Do they usually put the, the point? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. 95 IBU. Uh, so as craft beer pioneers, we embarked on an expedition to brew the benchmark West Coast IPA. Uh, we ventured into the unknown and struck gold, discovering a tantalizing menagerie of hops. Ooh. Simcoe <laughs> for a tropical and grapefruit zest. Columbus for hop pungency. Cascade for floral aroma, Centennial for pine notes, and Citra huh. 
for citrus zest are layered throughout the brewing process. West Coast IPA simplifies the green flash spirit of adventure and discovery. Their uh, their home base is in a whale's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pardon? San Diego. Oh, San, San Diego. Diego. Okay. Gotcha. Here you go. Which makes sense. West Coast IPA. We should have assumed that it was... Uh, you have you have California, well, Oregon, or Washington, pretty much. Well, I figured I, I figured it was on the West Coast yeah. somewhere, but you know, you never know. You know, you never know. Uh, what did you did you guys open those already? Or did I, not? I, I didn't, you didn't even give them to us. <laughs> Sorry, West Coast. I had to. Pick up now, are you uh, as far as the rap game goes? Are you West Coast or East Coast? Oh, me. Uh, who. I love some California love, baby. Yeah, yeah. Gotta love it. I was gonna say, there's, it doesn't get much better than or, that. Or if we're like uh, Kid, Kid Rock. California This is really boring. We keep it rocking. You could say, in the, in the immortal words of Kid Rock, you can say that I picked up some West Coast pussy for my Detroit players. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or you could not say that. You could not. It's very true. Just pretend now, like you never did. This six-pack was $17, so it better be worth it. It was how much? $17. Oh, my goodness. I know, right? Well, that's uh, that's about as much as our... Our $16. Was it $16? The $15.99? Yeah. So even still, that's an expensive six-pack. So a few six bucks pack, a beer, so yep. lot cheaper than what you pay for a Bud Light at the bar. That's, exactly. That's very true. All right, gentlemen. Cheers, boys. I like this like short little mm -hmm. bottle. Oh, wow. That tastes like the Ooh. ocean. There is definitely lots of hops in that. Mm -hmm. That's delicious, though. This one I'm going to have to uh, suggest to our good Ooh. buddy, Jancy Pants. Yeah. Because he loves a good IPA, and that one's pretty I'm, good. I'm happy that it tastes good. It's very hoppy. Yeah. Because there's definitely a lot of dust on these bottles when I bought them. <laughs> I, heard they, I heard they recently added more hops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's the most hops in a beer? We got this is that a double IPA. Do we have like a like a twenty like a IPA? <laughs> 20, there's 20 the IPA. There's the uh, there's the ten squared IPA. It's just a bottle full of hops. <laughs> you <laughs> you have to chew it. You have to pour water in it and smash oh, it with a. I would have that with a pestle and mortar. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's West Coast IPA. It is delicious. That's what um, we're drinking. What you know? What else is delicious? What news? Yeah, <laughs> let's get into it. Let's go there. <laughs> Let's go exactly there. We're here. We've arrived. We are there. <laughs> I arrived about five minutes ago. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable right now. Oh, I'm about to arrive. <laughs> All right. Um, so we uh, we had a close call this week. Um, almost oh. a catastrophe. Uh, Kevin Smith, uh, it was reported a couple days ago that Kevin Smith, uh, while doing a, uh, a stand-up, um, filming for a, a new stand-up uh, yeah. uh, DVD, <laughs> I'm living in the past, <laughs> a new stand-up special that oh, will be beta. released on, on Laserdisc, <laughs> uh, uh, in the middle of his show, uh, in between shows, because usually you'll do one and then another show. That's the, the mall cop guy, right? <laughs> yeah, Paul Blart. <laughs> Speaking of catastrophes, <laughs> and there you go. Oh, and the other Kevin. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, he was in the middle of a show in between, in, in between shows, and and uh, he suffered a massive heart attack. 
and uh, I, I, my, I, I damn near choked when I read it because yeah. usually that doesn't end well. And I was like, no, 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 like I, I, that would have been awful for me. Well, he, even, he even said he had they the there's a, a specific kind of heart attack called the widowmaker. Yeah, it's the one that you don't typically come back from. Right, and that's what he had, hundred percent blockage and. Ugh, yep. Yikes. Uh, luckily though for him though, and I imagine this is more rare than it is not. But uh, he didn't have a ton of discomfort, I guess. Right. Uh, he put up a big long post about how thankful he was. He had like a moment of zen, kind of as it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, he was saying that he felt nauseous in between. He went to go lay down. He vomited a couple times and then trouble breathing. And finally, um, his uh, his assistant, uh, the girl that runs his company, basically uh, Jason Muse's wife. Mm-hmm. Um, they fi- he finally let them call an ambulance, and yep. they're like, "You're in the middle of a massive heart attack." Jeez. Um, and like I said, he didn't have the pain and the crazy, like, I'm having a heart attack type things that he's, typically he's go along he, with he it. He felt nauseous, and then his his chest felt heavy. Yeah, yeah. He was having a hard time breathing. Right. That was the only discomfort that he was really having, Yeah. Uh, which is good. You know, uh, when my father had his heart attack, it was one of the worst days of my life. And, yeah. and that was, I've, I've never seen a, a human being in more pain. Right. So if you could have a heart attack and not have that, I guess that's the way to do it. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> Still but sucks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I read that. Then, like I said, I almost choked. Like I was just like, "No, yeah. 2018, you bastard!" Like, because Kevin Smith is like next to God for me. Like he, yeah. he's he's one of those idols, you know. Well, it's everybody has. It's like when us. Bowie died for a ton of people. Yeah. Yeah. It would do. I mean, like you have like it's gonna be Kevin Smith when he died. Well, mm-hmm. for you anyway, Kevin Smith. Uh, Green. Um. Well, Adam Green. He's way off. He's Hopefully. way off, but for me though, but like, like, on a like personal Bruce connection. Campbell. Yep. You know. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. For me, like if like, for me, I, I'm I, I'm kind of an old man. Like when Paul McCartney dies, that's gonna be a big thing for me. When you Lennon I mean? dies, I'm gonna just I'm gonna <laughs> I don't even know what I'm gonna do. I just don't. I will be beside myself. <laughs> Does nobody ever remember about Ringo? <laughs> what about Ringo? I he died years ago. <laughs> <laughs> what about Ringo? <laughs> Ringo's um, gonna live forever. Anyway, though, uh, happy to hearts. hear that he's he's doing good. They stinted him right away, and yeah. uh, he's fine. Uh, well, he even said like it was it was crazy because like you'd think that this would be the scariest thing, and he's got a wife and a child, mm-hmm. and and he's and he even explained like as they were cutting my groin open to put this stent in, like I just had this calm wash over me where I was like I've had a pretty fucking good life. Yeah, if this is it, like this if is this it. is it, I'm I'm pretty good with where I am. But yeah. at the same like I. The thought of like leaving your wife and kids behind—that's oh, it's the yeah. worst thing ever. You know, yeah. I, I if you if you, if you don't follow him on uh, on Instagram or uh, I think it was yeah I think it was Instagram that he posted this on. Follow him and read his read his uh, first posting after it happened. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty heartfelt though. Like yeah. it, it's, it's 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 the ramblings of the most humble man pretty much ever. He, sure. Like putting himself aside and saying like I. I lived a good life. Like God was good to me. Right. Is basically what he was saying, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was very well put together and written. Oh, mm-hmm. did you read it? Yeah. 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 yeah I did too. Yeah. It's 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 so. Thank thank whatever yeah, it is. Dodge but the bullet. Whatever it is that you think that that didn't happen. I'm guessing he's gonna be trying to live a healthier lifestyle. From he now mentioned on he might be going vegan. So joining the join joining the club. On his newest <laughs> on his newest post, he said day two was a vegetarian. Well, so he didn't a, join your cult. Thing, so. He didn't join your cult. <laughs> Not drinking the Kool Aid yet. It's cool. Oh, you can't have Kool Aid, can you? I can be cool, have Kool Aid. Isn't Kool Aid that doesn't have like gelatin in it or something? Nah. No. Oh cool. yeah. <laughs> it was more Macho Man. So I was gonna was. say Randy Savage is something. Can you imagine Kool-Aid? that pairing though, the Slim Jim and the Kool Aid together? I had a Slim Jim on the way here. 
Um, anyway, so that's that. Uh, moving on here. Uh, if you're a fan of the Hellraiser series, as we are, uh, before Hellraiser, there was the Hellbound Heart. Nobody the, cares about The Hellraiser. 1986 novella uh, that Hellraiser and everything henceforth was based on. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a new full, fully casted audio drama that was recorded and will be released in April, if you are into that kind of thing. I am into that kind and of thing. And we listened to a clip of it yeah, you just a little, little ago, sample earlier. and it sounds awesome. Yeah. I might even listen to it. I don't even Whoa. like books on tape, but I will... Oh, dude. Tape. I'm, all, I'm <laughs> so living in the past. Well, no, that's what they're called. Oh, I guess audiobooks. <laughs> audiobooks. I'm so about audiobooks lately, except for I'm like kind of in a sci-fi thing, right? Actually, not even sci-fi thing. I was suggested Ready Player One, yeah. the Ernest Klein novel, and it's uh, it was narrated by... Will Wheaton. Wheaton. And I liked his narration so much that I was like, I was like, where else can I listen to Will Wheaton? <laughs> and he uh, narrated one of Ernest Klein's other novels okay. called Armada. So now I'm listening to that one. Oh, cool. So I'm like, cool. I'm on a sci-fi kick right now. You're so hipster. It's you, a, you read with your ears. <laughs> it's a. They're both about video games, and they're both about. Like pop culture though, so that's cool. That's right up. I keep telling you, you should. Yeah, I, I Ready, would love Ready it. Player One. You would love because it's basically National Treasure, but I with, should read it with video games and '80s pop culture. Like I can't believe that you. It's won't pretty much in my wheelhouse. Yeah, Mike won't listen to an audiobook though because he's <laughs> he can't listen. Well, to I will listen to this one though because it sounds awesome and it's like it's like a stage play. Just yeah. the audio. How do you know version. what sounds awesome? You haven't heard it yet. Because well, there's, there's a, a sample there's a we sample. listened to earlier. Oh, oh, okay. So ha. I, I listened to so one. the sound is indeed good. Yes, yeah. It okay. It's no, it's fully programmed, like edited, like there's sound effects, like it's the it's, it's like it's, an it's audio like play. listening to a stage play basically. Yeah. I listened to uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula in this same mm, format. That'd be awesome. It was cool. Very so, very cool. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so a while back we talked about how uh, the Men in Black series. What? <laughs> I think nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> the, okay, uh, the Men in Black series was going to be coming back with a mashup. Of Men in Black and Twenty One <laughs> Jump Street. What is so C funny? Continue. What is so funny? Continue. Did I get something on my face? Just your face. <laughs> <laughs> that sh shitty white beard. Yeah, pretty bad. Do you, do you remember what we're talking about though? How it was supposed to be Men in Black Twenty One Jump yep, Street. Yep. They're gonna mash them together. I actually never heard about that. Well, we talked about it on the show, so thank you for listening. Oh, um, I don't listen to you. So apparently that idea is scrapped now. They're doing a full reboot of Men in Black now. So. Uh, you <laughs> We're looking at you listening to you talk. You dingus, what is going on? I was actually staring at you waiting for you to look at me. <laughs> oh, this is a night. Uh. Um, they're actually they're rebooting the whole franchise. Will Smith and Timely Jones will not be returning. Um, it's a full-on reboot. However, even though I hate reboots, uh, Chris Hemsworth is in talks to lead the new reboot. And if there's one thing that I've, I've learned over the last few years, that Chris Hemsworth is a funny dude. Yeah, he is funny. So I'm actually slightly okay with this. If yeah. they handle it right, at least. Steven Spielberg is still producing it, executively producing it. Mm -hmm. So at least he still has some good eyes on the franchise. Um, and this could be kind of cool. I like I like Hemsworth. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm open to it. I think it could be I think it could be pretty cool. Yeah. Is he going to be um, doing an American accent? I would imagine so. I don't so. think I've ever heard him do an American accent. Can he do it? I don't know. I'm sure he has. I'm sure he has somewhere. I've just never heard it. He should use his Thor accent. Yeah, that's... Uh, Asgardian? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sounds very Australian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds exactly like where he's from in real no, life. No, no, it's Asgard. It's as as Australian. Austral I'm wearing an Asgard right now. <laughs> 
saying Taco Bell. Oh, my Lord. All right. Um, moving on here. Uh, Bruce Campbell. Okay, so I mentioned this at the top of the hour. Um, Ash versus the Evil Dead is in... It's 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 sort of in dire straits. It did not end well at the end of season two. Quite frankly, I'm shocked that we got a, a season three because the ratings were really really low. Now for you as mean, good as it was. Now you mean actually as a viewer, the show didn't end well, or it just didn't end well as far as ratings. As go? far as ratings okay. go, they they it, it they did not do well. Like I said, I'm shocked they even got season three. Yeah. Um, Bruce Campbell was interviewed recently about that, you know, how they're talking about how this this could be it. Mm-hmm. You know, they won't find out until probably mid to late March whether or not they're going to get picked up. So it depends on the first few episodes and how well they do. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he did say that if the show does get canceled, then they're talking already about doing the fourth movie. Mm. Probably because they have a storyline to wrap up sure. and they want to wrap it up. Yep. That being said, though, I am so okay with them doing the fourth movie that fans have wanted forever. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I want the show to continue because I like the show, mm-hmm. but if, if, we, if we have to settle for a movie, that's not settling, that's winning, Yeah. if you ask me. Um, so that's cool. At least we know that, that that's what they want to do and that they're not just going to stop again, you yeah. know? So uh, that's very cool to know. Um, so the New Mutants, a movie that we were very excited about. The uh, uh, this sort of horror horror Marvel movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah very horror. Yeah. Um, almost yeah, more not, of a horror movie than it is a Marvel yeah, movie. Yeah, not sort of the very <clears throat> horror, yeah. horror Marvel so movie. That was supposed to be, I think, out relatively soon, and then they pushed it back until 2019. Yeah. Uh, they said they were going to, to work on stuff, make it scarier, this and that. Um, we find out found out uh, yesterday that, uh, well, from the day we're recording yesterday, um, that one of the things that they're doing is they're reshooting a lot of stuff and they're adding an entirely new character into the movie. What? Which, which is worrisome to me. Yeah. Oftentimes when movies do this, it feels very pieced together. Yeah. And that new character just feels separate from the rest of the movie. I can't for the life of me think of any examples, but I know that they've done it in the past. I know that it has been weird. <clears throat> It's a, yeah, so this I know, worries me a little bit. I know what you're bit. talking about, though. It just comes across as sort of contrived. Like, if especially if they're saying, oh, we, we decided we wanted to make it scarier. Somebody somebody got a hold of it and started... Tinkering. Uh, yeah, tinkering. And just stop. Like, the movie looked awesome to if, begin with. And if you're tinkering with it to try and make it scarier... I, I swear to God, if they ghost-hired George Lucas... <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. Uh, no, I don't know. I, it... I'll, I will reserve judgment as always until I see it. Sure. It does not bode well, though. <clears throat> I I feel as though when things are typically better, your first pass through when you over when you're overanalyzing stuff, that's when it gets muddy. That's right. when it gets bad, and you lose what was there to begin with that people liked. Yep. So it worries me. I hope that they're not. Maybe oh, maybe it's just a cameo. Maybe they're adding Deadpool into it or Cable or something. Maybe it's just like a cameo scene. And it doesn't affect the rest of the movie. If that's the case, then so be it. But if they're, I mean, if they're pushing but, it back that far and 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 doing reshoots and stuff like that, it's, it doesn't sound like it's yep. gonna be a cameo. Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, bit uh. worrisome. Uh, all right, what do you got for blues? Blues. Um. Um, so last o- last October, <laughs> last October, Kino Lorber uh, brought out Rawhead Rex. Yes. On Blu-ray, uh, for the first time. This was in the U.S. Uh, this is adapted from Clive Barker's Book of Blood series, uh-huh. of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, that adaptation was penned by Clive Barker, the screenplay, and directed by George Pavlow. Uh, it's now headed to the U.K. This is just really news for our many, many, many U.K. listeners. Mm. Lots um, of them across the pond. 
Lots, yes. of, lots of people from the UK across the board. Uh, so here, uh, actually, just to help you guys out. Uh, it's boasting the same 4K restoration as the US release, mate. <laughs> it's out on May 14th. Adapted from the screen by Clive Barker himself from his short story of the same name, Rawhead Rex seeks, sees a hulking ancient demon tearing a bloody swath across the Irish countryside. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jay, that's a good look. I like that. You guys can't see this, but Jay has inexplicably just pulled his socks up all the way past his calves, tucked his jeans in. It's a good look. It's kind of a Kanye thing. I like it. You know. It's Jim's accent. It's good. <laughs> oh, you you just put on your your pantalones, your knickers. I don't actually wait. Knickers are are those underwear over there? I can't remember. I, yes. Uh, yeah, somebody, somebody from the UK chime in uh, <laughs> on iTunes. Leave us a comment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's uh, plenty, plenty of uh, it, it's it's boasting the same 4K restoration as the US release. Uh, I think I might have already said that. Um, and awesome artwork by Wes Benscotter. Cool. Uh, have you seen the artwork? I have. I have. It's actually yeah, pretty cool. Looks really cool. Uh, next up, Toho is bringing its trio of 1970s vampire flicks to Blu-ray in the US and the UK. I read this. I had no idea that Toho made. Uh, a trilogy of vampire flicks. Yeah, I guess after the... Uh, I hear Toho, Ooh, whoa, I immediately hello. just think of Godzilla and other big monster Most movies. Most people do. I That's guess it. I guess after the 1960s, there were you know there was a lot of uh, vampire movies mm-hmm. in the U.S. that uh, were very lucrative. Are they just random vampires that tear apart cities and they're like 100 feet tall? <laughs> <laughs> just, they just put big canine teeth on Godzilla see, and sent see, him into the... I want to see Toho do a romantic <laughs> comedy and it's just two people falling in love but they're 100 feet... <laughs> 100 feet tall, and they're just walking into the city, destroying it, skipping around, hand in hand. Let me finish this, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, so it's, it's three movies collectively known as the Bloodthirsty Trilogy. Uh, it, it includes The Vampire Doll, Lake of Dracula, and Evil of Dracula. Uh, it's set. Uh, the set is being brought us, to us via Arrow Video and is scheduled for a May 14th release cool. in 1080p. 1080p? What is this, amateur? <laughs> Where's that 4K, baby? Uh, uh, there's really not a ton of special features for this one, uh, but it has some pretty awesome original artwork by Matt Graffino. And uh, I, I noticed like, the popular thing to do these days is the reversible. Yeah. The reversible. Well, that's uh, what Scream Factory sleeves. started doing. Uh, yep. You have like the original cover on one side, and, and then you have their new art on the right. other side. So you can pick whichever one you want. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of Toho, Godzilla, Planet mm. of the Monsters, was released on Netflix last month. Yep. Did you watch it? Uh, I watched part of it. Uh, Vito actually t- chimed in. He was very excited to watch it because yeah. me and him are both big Godzilla fans. And uh, when it was over, he called me and he goes, yeah, just skip to the last like half an hour of the movie and just watch that. Really? It's just expose that doesn't matter. It's, oh my God, there's a giant monster. We should do this. No, we can't do that. We should do this. No, we should do this. We should do this. Well, like, dude, if you could get it, with this or you could get with that. If you think <laughs> about it, that's how a lot of the original Godzilla yeah, movies were. To me, though, if you're not a fan Especially of, the original Godzilla movie. I'm not movie. a huge anime guy, though, and neither is he. Mm-hmm. So if you're an anime fan, this probably doesn't this probably doesn't pertain to you. Sure. But if you're not, it's, it, it's a little little bit grueling after a while because it's just kind of not a lot of ta- goings on well speaking just of lots of talking speaking of not pertaining to us <laughs> this is uh it's a dvd and blu-ray release that is for japan it's mm-hmm. it's actually targeted uh for their japanese domestic market because okay. there are no english subtitles coming oh, out interesting uh so this is scheduled but it'll be available here well this is interesting it's scheduled for a may 16th uh release 
There's a two disc all region Blu-ray blue Blu-ray collector's edition, a single disc all region blue standard edition, and a single disc region two DVD standard edition. Now the, the these okay. first two are all region, so obviously they're so what they're doing I, they're, they're, they're targeting making, collectors. Yeah, they're making it so where yes, you can import it, and some places might carry it. Because even the Netflix though was just subtitled. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I get what they're doing. They're making it all regions. People can import it if they want it, but it's mostly a Japanese release. Right. That's like, pretty much what yeah, it is. Yeah, like I said, this is it's those first two are all region because if you're a collector, obviously you're going to want to try and get your hands on this. Sure, sure. But there is a there is a pending U.S. release uh, while they're negotiating the licensing deal. Gotcha. So. Which there will likely be a dub then once that happens. Sure, they'll, yeah. They'll get the license, they'll do the dub, they'll release it. Yep. So that's my guess. Uh, that's all I got for Blues. All right, so uh, last thing that we have for the news this week, it's been a light uh, light news uh, news week. Um, <laughs> this might come with a little bit of, uh, not trepidations, or a little bit of uh, controversy. Uh, Joss Whedon mm -hmm. uh, is returning to the series that he created in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You mean Joss Whedon? Whedon. Uh, returning to the series that, uh, that he created, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, for the season 12 comic book series. Now, the... Um, the uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Slayer ended at season seven, I believe, and started with uh, season eight on, in comics, mm -hmm. and it went forward from there. Uh, he wrote for the first couple seasons in the comics, but then left. Mm -hmm. uh, he he wrote a, um, a lot in season eight, couple in nine, but that's pretty much it. He's been a producer of the series, but that's it. Uh, so now it's season 12, and he is coming back, and he co-wrote, apparently, the entire series. Um, very cool, if you're a Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Yeah comes maybe with a little bit of controversy because of Joss Whedon's uh, personal affairs that have come to light recently mm -hmm. with him being very, I guess, unfaithful to his wife. I don't, I don't really know the ins and outs of it, so don't correct, don't kill me if I'm a little bit wrong on that. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know a ton about it. The, I just remember people saying that Joss. The controversy kind of a was basically <laughs> that he was so feminist and pro-feminist and this and that. And Buffy the Vampire Slayer was a very feminist character, yeah. and almost all of his series, you know, Serenity had very strong female characters. Buffy. Um, you know, they're all very, very female forwarded type things. Dollhouse with Elijah Dushku. Right. Um, very much so. And then when his personal stuff came to light, it kind of was one of those didn't practice what he preached kind of things. And a lot of people had a problem with it. And, and rightfully so. I didn't necessarily keep up on it. Um, I like... I, I, I don't know. I guess you fault me maybe if, if, if you're not the kind of person that un is okay with separating the man from the art, I right. guess. I like Joss Whedon, the writer. I like Joss Whedon, the director, mm -hmm. and I like his stories. Right. Um, I completely 100% understand everybody not being a big fan of him returning to this really strong female character yeah. with these themes when now this has kind of come to light. Well, I uh, mean, one one of the arguments that people put up that I, don't get me wrong, like adultery is, is terrible. It's I yeah. like the things that he did in his personal life He's a scumbag for doing those yeah. things. Is it the way? Yeah, there's a lot more to it than that, too, but, though. But it's uh, a lot of times, uh, you know, one of the arguments people put up was a lot of times people, um, they kind of write into their material sort of the way that they would be in a perfect world. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. Or, 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 or sometimes they'll even tackle some of the things that they can't tackle in real life in their material like sure like stan lee like a lot of the a lot of his um a lot of his personal demons 
that he didn't deal with in real life, he would just put on paper. You know what I mean? Sure. So I think the difference, though, is that for a guy like Joss, though, he was looked at, though, and was was like a feminist icon almost mm -hmm. to some people. So it's a little bit different, though, because it wasn't just what he did on the page. It was in real life, too, though. He actually stood for this stuff. Well, anybody you know? can write anything, though. Sure. Like, the chick who writes Fifty Shades of Grey is probably not a nasty freak. Like, she, but she writes but that she way. she is. No. no, she's not. She, <laughs> no, she, started, kidding, kidding. she started off by writing Twilight... Fan uh, fiction. Yeah, fan porno. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's... <clears throat> You can't. I, I guess when it comes to when it comes to writing certain stuff, like I, I like you can, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> so basically, what you're saying is some people get into the way their creative ideas flow is ways that they actually are not in real life yeah. because they can live this fake lifestyle. Right and, and and like maybe that. yeah maybe he like maybe <laughs> maybe he wishes he was a, a perfect man that had these feminist ideals and and it's, in real life he tackles demons that he can't overcome, but, but it's very much it's very much a um, I'm not condoning what he yeah, does yeah but, but and and I want to point out too I where I'm not a hundred percent up to date on all of his dealings and yeah like so I like I said we I don't can know be much wrong about it. and if we are I will correct us next week don't think that we're just uh, we're that we're spotting this as fact I don't know the ins and outs I haven't we're just up kind of him. thinking out loud right now yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know I don't know it's, if it was a I don't I don't know if it was I don't know if it was adultery or if it was something else that he did. Quite frankly, I don't want to. I don't want to say that it was, if it was one or the other. Yeah. Like for for fact. Yeah. But, sure. But there was some stuff. I'm. I like to. There was some stuff. If you're looking stuff. at him though, Joss Whedon as the as the artist though as the writer, I've always enjoyed his stuff. So I'm excited to read Buffy season twelve. Right. So. And you got to consider there's a lot of other people who are behind it as well yeah. as yeah. a oh, as, sure. as a project that they're passionate and however about. You've, and, and however you feel about it, feel about it. Yeah. Quite frankly. True. Like, yeah, you have every reason in the world to. That's your thing. Uh, that's your thing, and that was the bleed feed. Boom! That was the news. All right, uh, we're gonna take a break in a second. We're back, and we're talking Tau West. Other things. Other things like ghosts and devils, and mostly just ghosts and devils. The devils threesome. <laughs> Throughout this dulcy, faces ripped apart with hooks. A man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Something about that intro just always makes me want to just... Just... Talk about movies. Dude, that's the one. That's man. the that's the one, man. <laughs> Makes me want to talk about Ty West. Ty West, indeed. Uh, Ty West. Uh, maybe maybe a lot of you don't know who he is. It's very possible. Uh, up and comer in the. Uh, he's been around. He's been a genre filmmaker for a while now. He's been around last, the block at least for the last decade or so. Mm -hmm. But um, longer than that, actually. But. Uh, you probably know who he is. If you don't know who he is, this will be a crash course for you, at least on his first uh, two major films. Um, uh, he uh, he came about... About? Am I, am I Canadian? Came about. He came about. <laughs> uh, he came about uh, in 2009. With 2009. His first, with his first... Uh, his, his hit, if you will, on, amongst genre fans, uh, with The House of the Devil. The House of the Devil. We had a couple uh, movies before this. Uh, he did. Because of, I would say this one was... This, was, this is the one that put him on the map, though. Yeah. Um, this was his first big, big movie. Um, and uh, it is a tour de force, if you ask me, 
within the genre. Uh, it, it is you. I don't think that you can get a better first impression when 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 making horror movies. It's not that I disagree with you. It's just uh, when I when I hear the term tour de force, I usually think of like. Tour de France, <laughs> the bicycle race. Like one testicle dudes who do a bunch of steroids. No, like when I when I hear tour de force, like it's, I I kind of consider that like really packed with all sorts of action oh, and. I consider a tour de force though anything that excels in its given. In, in its given wheelhouse, which is which this movie was made to be a throwback to like the old exploitation horror movies from the late 70s early 80s true that's what it was supposed to be and quite frankly i think this movie not only succeeds but it does the late 70s better than the late 70s does i'd say i will i will honestly say that 80s well yeah the movie takes place in the 80s but a lot of the a lot of the um the visuals though is to me at least more represent more representative of like the late seventies, oh, like that yeah. grindhouse era. Yeah. Um. In fact, he uh, used in House of the Devil when we get into it. He actually used a lot of the same shots that you would see in those old movies. Yeah. Specifically for that reason. Right. You know, when it when it comes to knowing his way around this particular way of filmmaking. Yeah. The, Pretty flawless. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. It is absolutely perfect. Well, and you actually watched this on, as you would put it. Glorious VHS. Glorious VHS. Now, do you have the actual yes. VHS yes. collector's edition? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I got okay. it. Um, I didn't know that. I got it for uh, Christmas this year. Actually, my buddy Chris got oh, it for awesome. Christmas. Um, it was out of print for a while, and then it got put back into print. Cool. Uh, and that's what I have. Um, and yeah, this is one of those one of those rare movies that was actually released new on VHS. So if you're a VHS collector like like myself, right. and you like that that aesthetic, it is perfect for it. Now I've seen I've seen House of the Devil. Digitally, mm-hmm. and I have also seen it now on tape. On glorious, and VHS. I'll tell you what, glorious VHS is <laughs> glorious. Well, if you haven't, uh, seen it's amazing. It, if you haven't seen it, it's actually shot on sixteen millimeters, yeah. so it has that it that that it's that grain to it, like that perfect. Yeah, it's got it's got the grain it's of the late seventies or yeah, it's the shit, shit sheen. Sheen. exactly. <laughs> um, uh, for for those of you who don't know what the House of the Devil is about, it is uh, set in nineteen eighty three. And a financially struggling college student, Samantha Hughes, takes a strange babysitting job that coincides with a full lunar eclipse. Never a good idea. No. She slowly realizes her clients harbor a terrifying secret, putting her life in mortal danger. Hmm. Good job, IMDb. You got got this one good. Not bad that time. Um, Okay, so like we said, this movie came out in 2009. Uh, It is his third full-length movie. Uh, He started with a movie called The Roost. I've not seen The Roost, but I've heard a I lot have about not it. Seen, I have not seen it either. I've been looking for it for the longest time. It's, two, it three, might be online. Four, it might be online somewhere. I have not uh, come across it, though. And then he also did a movie called Trigger Man, followed up by The House of the Devil, which, uh, like I said, this is the one that kind of put him on the map. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Jay just sent me this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see you doing that. For, for those that can't see uh, what James is showing me, Jay just sent me a, pic, a, a video of him winking at me. <laughs> hey, occasionally do weird things like that to mess with each other on the show. So that was perfect, Jay. Thank uh, you. Um, Love you, buddy. Love you. <laughs> Give me a little cheers. Cheers here. All right, pick up, Mike. All right, go ahead, Mike. Where was I at? I don't even know where I was at. Okay, so the movie stars Jocelyn Donahue. V. Jocelyn, Jocelyn Donahue. Donahue, if you know what I mean. Fine! <laughs> uh, Tom Noonan. Fine! <laughs> who is a fucking giant. Yeah, man. 
I didn't realize how tall that man was. He's a big Until he's next to Jocelyn Donahue, who I don't think is very tall. Is he wearing stilts? Good. No. He's wearing his legs. <laughs> and they are huge. He's they're, a, they're like stilts, naturally. He's a rather stilted individual. Um, you have uh, Mary Warnov, uh, who plays Tom Noonan's wife, Mr. and Mrs. Allman, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grena Gearig, who plays uh, Jocelyn Donahue, who now, plays Samantha's roommate. Back when we first saw this, we saw it. I don't think we saw it when it came out in 2009. No, it was we probably saw it a couple years after. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even know who Greta Gerwig was back then. She's in a you, lot of stuff now. You know who she is, though, right? She's the director of the now Oscar nominated Lady Bird. Oh, no shit, that's yeah, her? She's, that's the girl who dur- uh, directed look at us, later. Look at us being topical. Look at that. Look at that. It's a mood We're piece. so good. We don't even... <laughs> you could argue that... You House could. Of, I was, I was going to actually ask you if you thought that House of Devil was a mood piece. Oh, I mean, it's a s- slow burn. We'll get into it, but and that's kind of what it is. Yeah. Slow burn mood piece. Um, A.J. Bowen plays Victor Allman, the son. Uh, A.J. Bowen has gone on to do a lot of stuff. Don't ask me what it is, but he's, <laughs> but he's but, familiar but he's enough. Done, it's a lot. He's done so many things, and they're great. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm here, though, to get to the one and only pictures. Dee Wallace, who plays the oh, landlady. Yeah. I forgot she was in this, quite Some, frankly. Yeah, me too. Completely forgot it's, she was well, in this. Well, it's a small role. She's only in it for, like, ten minutes, but mm-hmm. it's the best ten minutes. It is. Uh, and then, also, yes. the voice of Lena Dunham is the 911 operator. Oh. <laughs> Lena Dunham, though, will go on TV in... Um, Ty West's um, innkeepers as well. Yes. So, there you go. Uh, and also went on to she's yeah, on that HBO show Girls. Oh, she's won a ton yep. of or been nominated for a ton of awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Won quite a few of them, well, I think. She seems pretty good at what she does. And we will be talking about uh, that very movie. We will soon. Innkeepers. So yep. anyway, that's our double feature for the night. Yeah, so if baby. you want to pause it right now and go watch both and come back. By the way, feel free you, to do so. By the way, if you want to find both these movies, we uh, I watched them both on Shutter. Yep, they're I both know on Shutter. You have them on. Uh, I own both of them. So on one on Glorious VHS <laughs> and the other on Glorious DVD. I wish I owned both on Glorious VHS. <laughs> Tell you that much. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyway. Yeah. So House of the Devil. Um, like the synopsis said, uh, it's it's pretty it's a pretty easy setup. Uh, there, uh, Jocelyn Donnie plays a girl named Samantha. Uh, she's just getting a new apartment. She needs money. She takes a babysitting gig. When she gets there, it's not what she thought it was and it turns out to be a little bit more than she bargained for. That's yes. pretty much it. The movie, though, is mostly her alone in the house. Yeah. And and a lot there's a lot of people that don't like the term slow burn. Yeah. A lot of people don't like a lot of directors don't like it because they, they take it almost negatively. Um I when I describe a movie as a good slow burn, mm-hmm. that means that you're really fucking effective at what you're doing. Like you can make something that is seemingly <clears throat> Uh, in not inactive, but something that doesn't have a whole lot of action to it at all. You know what I'm saying? Like being able to being able to build tension through atmosphere yes. without like having a bunch of jump scares and stuff is a real talent, as yeah, far as I'm concerned. It's an art. It's an I, art form. I think the reason that the term slow burn has become sort of a a bad word nowadays is because the patience of the audience. Yeah. Has, well, it's has boring waned. for the first hour, but then it really pays off. No, that's not yeah. a slow burn. Yeah, that's a boring yeah, skip movie. Skip to the last twenty minutes. That's all you need to see. Yeah. Like, no. Fuck you. If that's... you can. If you can make a movie about a girl prancing, like like a girl alone in a house who is bored, and mm-hmm. she's wandering around the house, eventually she watches TV. Well, that's boring. She orders a pizza, eats the pizza, and eh, it's bad pizza. So she puts headphones on, and this and that. Like if you can make that like 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 uh, a, a sequence of events keep me glued Captiv- to the screen, captivating. Yeah, yeah, thank you. If you can make that sequence of events captivating, you're you are 
an extremely talented, effective filmmaker. Because most people, you'd be bored to tears watching that. And if and if you can craft your 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 flick to where even the most mundane things are just building and building for no apparent reason, but yeah. just, that's that's craft, man. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'll say I'll say Ty West, he knows what he's doing. Like, he's a he's a talented, talented dude. Yeah. Well, and because uh, a lot of this movie, because she she takes his babysitting gig, she meets the guy played by uh, um, Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan. Uh, she meets him and he seems a little strange. He's mm-hmm. very soft-spoken and sort of weird. Kind of has like a John Carpenter thing going on with oh, his a little bit, little with bit. his like slicked-back white hair and mustache. He's not playing video games though, <laughs> <laughs> or, or or putting on kick-ass concerts. Um, but it's all it's all very strange to begin with. Yeah, and then it's a weird mood. And then he he takes he takes that strange setup and then kind of does nothing for a while except for. That nothing sort of serves as like just one big uh, mounter of tension because even when even when she thinks that there's strange things going on in the house, it could all just be a figment of her imagination because this whole thing seems a little weird, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Until there's like one reveal, like maybe with like a half hour left in the movie where they pan into this room that she doesn't walk into and you see some stuff and you're yep. like oh fuck yep there's something really going on here but really up until that point it's 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 kind of it's like mundane well it's kind of like what you would actually imagine like if you if you took a babysitting job and then you got to this weird big ass house in the middle of nowhere and the guy explained to you that the job wasn't exactly as it seemed you would have these same feelings you'd be walking around this sure. big house and you'd hear little creaks in the floorboards and sounds in the pipes and you us with our like overactive imaginations we'd automatically start thinking about the worst possible shit and that's kind of what it does it's like it's almost like a haunted house without actually knowing whether or not the the house is haunted sure and that's what he does in that like in that long silent period you know without without giving anything away and they they talk about this actually (laughs) in the beginning of the movie so it's not that big of a giveaway but there is somebody else in the house i'm not going to go too much into detail but she is there though to essentially keep an eye on the person who was upstairs still um so I found it kind of weird that she would just put headphones on and completely disregard having to keep mm. keep watch on what she's supposed to be doing. Right. And she just drowns everything out and starts playing pool and just dancing around the house. You know, I, I found that to be like, well, like you're a college student. You're kind of irresponsible. Like, you're not really taking the job seriously. You know, I, I thought that was a, a little bit... It, it, it e- seems very realistic, yet weird at the same time. Even though that scene served as an awesome montage. It did. Oh, it did. Because <laughs> what the hell... What was she listening to at the time? Is, uh, it was uh, a very famous song. It's a classic eighties tune. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. Here we go again. No, no, not White Snake. It's <laughs> it's more like girls just want to have fun or something like that. But it's not that. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll find out. But yeah. keep keep going. Um, yeah, it, it it it. I thought that was a little bit weird though that 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 she would do that. That being said though, she's a college kid that's probably she's in it for the money. You know, she gets paid a lot more than she anticipates being paid because things are not as it seems. Right. Um. One of the things, and during you mentioned this montage, and one of the things that I love about the montage is we talked about how they filmed the movie on actual 16 millimeter. Yeah. You know, they used a lot of the same types of cinematography that you would use back in like the 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they're so effective, even down to things like 
instead of doing dolly pushes like they would normally do to dolly push up on a person, mm -hmm. they would do in-camera zooms, right. which are things that you don't really do anymore because it looks better to do a dolly zoom. Yet right. in these old genre movies, they would do the quick zoom in on a face, like right. these super close up, you know, shots of people. Or when they're walking down a hall, they would be walking with them and zooming at the same time. Right. Or they would do like these like cool push zooms. Like I don't know, the cinematography was so perfect in this movie. Yeah. And that montage that you're talking about of her dancing around the house is kind of, it's it's the perfect marriage between that old style of of filmmaking, mixed with the old. I don't know. It's just perfect. It's, it's absolutely it's kind perfect. Of, it's it's the quintessential. 80s montage yeah. that you got in yeah. all of our favorite movies from the 80s. Sure. So who was their uh, camera guy? Do you do anything about that? I, or if I, they had know, someone really from don't. that era that was familiar with that and said, oh, we used to do these kind of scenes just like this. Well, that Ty, way it's second nature. Ty I West, don't know. I don't Ty know. West seems to work a lot with the same... Uh, same people? The same people. Uh, the the cinema, <laughs> cinematographer was Elliot Rocket. Okay. Um, does he have a... If, I know you're on it right now. Does he have a uh, history of genre flicks from that era? Uh, Elliot Rocket? Yeah. Um, I know that uh, Ty West uh, wrote, directed, and edited. So a lot of the editing right. has to do with this too. True. Which was Ty West. So he's got the eye. Like he know he must. He must be such a massive fan of this era that he just knows it inside out. Who to, Ty West? Yeah. To oh, pull yeah, off guarantee. this movie as well as he did. But I guess even as a director, you sit there and you just say, "All right, I want you to hit this camera angle like this and zoom well, in sure. as we're walking." Or you know, but he knows though to get those exact things. Like, like right. he, it's well, so precise. Well, you know? Ty West edited. edited That's what I'm saying. Too, you know, That's so what I'm like, saying, it's, yeah. It, yeah, it's got to be uh... all his direction for for the majority of it. Right. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, I, there's it's you, it's funny you you talked about how um, the one of the things that the the uh, the guy that hires her says uh, you you talked about how like, like he'll just do one thing it'll kind of set up the whole rest of the, one of the cool things I thought for foreshadowing in this movie is very early on in the movie when he's talking he's explained to her how the job isn't exactly what it was advertised mm -hmm. and he drops the line I promise to make this as painless for you as possible yeah. And if you don't know what's coming, it seems like such an innocuous thing to say. Well, and just the tone of his but voice too. He's like I said, he's so soft spoken it's and genius foreshadowing. Oh, though, because yeah. once you know, once you realize what's uh, what's about to happen at the end of the movie, you realize, oh shit, he wasn't actually kidding about this. <laughs> and it's like, and and he actually seems like he felt sort of bad about maybe luring somebody into a situation that was perceived to be different like he almost right. sort of feels bad about it but not really well he even explains toward the end he's like i'm just i'm kind of a lowly messenger you exactly know? like exactly. this isn't really my decision like you've been chosen and this is mm -hmm. just the way it needs to be yeah so now the wife on the other hand she seems batshit crazy yeah. like she's straight <laughs> out in left field <laughs> but there's a you know early on in the movie there's a little bit of uh diciness too because like he says well i'm gonna go upstairs and get my wife yeah and then she kind of comes suddenly up from, comes up like out of the basement. He I was just getting, walked up. He I was, just walked upstairs, and the wife comes out of the basement. I was downstairs getting my furs. I was getting out my furs because I can't stand the cold. <laughs> <laughs> and she, you know, uh, Jocelyn Donahue's character Samantha is kind of walking around the house, yeah. and she comes across some things that seem a little bit suspicious, and she herself starts to get a little paranoid. Yeah. So and then uh, she sees some furs. 
up on the second floor. And the furs aren't actually in oh. the basement. They actually happen to be on the second floor <laughs> of the house. You don't say, huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Suddenly you're Muggsy Malone over here. <laughs> Did he not wear first? Huh? Did he not wear first? It just on my upper lip. <laughs> whole damn squirrel tail mm-hmm. <laughs> um there's some other there's some other things too for you know we talked about how this movie is very much of a slow burn which exactly which it is yes but it does have enough things kind of sprinkled in <clears throat> to 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 really kind of keep you interested and i'm not going to say it but there's something that pertains to the roommate that i remember the first time that i saw this flick mm-hmm. it blasted me out of nowhere like it happened so fast and you don't see it coming oh that uh, it's not her roommate just or her sorry, friend. I'm sorry, not her roommate. Her, her roommate's, her roommate's the, like a uh, yeah, bag piece of shit, of shit <laughs> slag, like like whatever. Um, it's her friend though. Yeah, her friend that drops her off at the house. Uh, there's a scene that pertains to to the friend though yeah. that comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and it's so, it's it, it almost feels like they cut frames out of the movie right. to make it just jump into what happened. Mm-hmm. Doesn't I mean probably doesn't it probably just happens that fast but it feels like that's what happened. Well, it's kind of it's kind of the same as you mentioned uh, apart from Ten Cloverfield Lane. That's mm-hmm. actually the exact kind of setup. Kind of that you just yeah, don't that's, see. That's too much. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not going to say too much. But like <laughs> even nobody, though nobody that even though, <laughs> even though why are we suddenly spoiler free? But I, I get it. We because can talk, I love this movie yeah, so much. We can talk I don't about this movie. Yeah, yeah, I don't I, just, I don't want to spoil it either. I want people to go watch it. But um, yeah, no, it's just like. It's just uh, there's a there's there's a um, a bit of a conversation uh-huh. and then a question is asked and then all of a sudden something happens between these two characters and you're just like oh, nilly willy <laughs> what what just happened yeah and then, like it's and it's a crazy scene and then it just ends you know it it's ends. like there's yeah. you don't get any explanation or anything like that and so it's just it is what it is. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah, and, and, and that's kind of how this movie is. It it, it 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 builds up, builds up, builds up, crescendos way back down to the beginning, mm-hmm. back to the slow burn. Yep. Like, it's not so. It's not like a straight hour and a half of nothingness. Like there are things sprinkled in, but the main story of what happens to Samantha's character, um, it is it is very much that, and it is, and I, I can't say it enough. It is so expertly handled. Well, I think I think I think you just have to go into it like. Knowing that I, anybody anybody who has an appreciation for seventies and eighties horror is gonna love this oh, movie. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely. And, and a lot of it comes from you know, like people nowadays. If you're sort of a younger horror viewer and you're just getting into it, maybe you're just used to like jump scares and like over the top gore and stuff. Yep. You're not gonna get that out of this movie. But if you pay attention to the jump. if you pay attention to the score done by uh, Jeff Grace, yeah, like. Uh, it's it's great fucking score. brilliant. It's amazing, and it, it serves the movie so well. And and a lot of I could be the, wrong and on the, this. And the sound design in this movie, I watched it on Shutter, so I was watching it on a smaller screen, so I had headphones in, like I do yeah. when I watch movies on Shutter. And yeah, the see, sound, you get you get more of the audio stuff than I do, dude. It, anytime you can watch a movie with either an amazing surround sound uh, setup, which not a you know maybe a lot of people don't have. If you if you have the motivation watch a movie with headphones in yeah because you get so much like just like subtle little nuanced things that you don't get out of just listening through your tv speakers yeah. and the sound design in this movie is amazing like it was it was like it's, even the sound design was sort of 80s style sound design like everything you could tell yeah. was it went it's, back and it was uh like redubbed and or uh or foley or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it just 
it's it like listening it. to music on headphones too though you hear things that you would not right. hear like on a big stereo or something like that it's like the minute details right that are there they're supposed to be just ever so faint you know like mm -hmm. they, and but they it's like in uh in music there's a lot of things that are in the tracks that you don't hear but you feel right and when you listen to headphones not only do you feel it but you get a little bit more of that effect because it's a little bit more crystal clear right, right into your into your head right um and I agree with you, and I wish that I could listen listen to <clears throat> movies for all intents and purposes like that more often. I wish I could. Why couldn't you? Um, I just don't have the setup for it. I would have to, you know, I don't have, I can't hook up headphones to my TV. I don't like watching things on a small screen. You can't hook up headphones to your TV? I don't think so. Why? I don't think that it's set up for that. Sure, you can. How? Most TVs have an input uh, input jack I'm for check my TV headphones. When I get home now. And even if you need like a like a if you well no actually you wouldn't for most things if. You don't need a like a quarter inch to eighth this inch. This could be input. a correction for next week. Uh, dude, no, I'm, I'm telling. But even even still, like I have a pair of headless uh, headless. <laughs> I have a pair of wireless headphones that you can borrow anytime you want. No, fair enough. And they're 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 actually pretty high quality. But um, no, it's just like little things. Like even when they're sitting at the table and he's offering her more money. Yeah. The sound of the him like. Cause he's I I, 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 I said I said this twice already, but he's so soft spoken. That it's kind of off-putting. Yeah. And even the way he takes the money out of his wallet. He's nervous, though, too. Like, he's he's very soft-spoken, but there's a certain nervousness yeah. to his voice. Well, it's because it's he really needs weird. everything to go perfectly on this night, and he's just nervous that he's going to blow it in some way. But even the way, like, even the way the money sounds as he's pulling it out of the wallet, hearing that in the headphones mm -hmm. and hearing that sound effect, like, it, it served to build even more tension. Yeah. If that doesn't sound no, weird. No, no, I, I absolutely which is, I 100% get it. Which is amazing. Um, yeah. Sound sound is the unsung hero of, of horror. Oh, I mean, not, not always unsung, but like a lot of times it is, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the people who do it are, are largely ignored, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, they the might people get, who do they, sound they design They might get a Grammy every now and then. Well, a, a, a Grammy? Would you <laughs> get a, Oscar. an Oscar? There you go. Well, there's Grammys for musical score. Aren't there? Well, I'm talking about sound design as, oh, as in like yeah, the yeah, actual yeah. like that's, Foley that's, and stuff like that's that. That's fair, yeah, yeah. But um uh yeah, like those people they're they're largely ignored, you know. But yeah. even though that's the kind of stuff that really drives us drives the tension home in yeah. these types of movies. Like take the the strangers, for instance. <clears throat> that movie, if the sound wasn't as good as it was, mm -hmm. it would be a lot less scary. Speaking of, not to get off topic. Well, I are, already went off topic because I was talking more, about the strangers. <laughs> are you I'll say, are you more sold on the new Strangers movie now that you've seen some more trailers for it? Mm. Because I am. I was never I'm absolutely way more sold. I'm not on the it. type of person to just write a movie off. <laughs> Fair enough. Like I'm, I'm, I, I'm gonna reserve most of my judgment until after I see it. But I do. That's why I really don't like watching trailers that much. Yeah, I'd so rather just go into a movie blind. Media blackout, man. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Yeah. Whenever it comes on TV, no. <laughs> no, I will not. Um, wife, turn it off. <laughs> um, all right, back to, uh, back to House of the Devil here. Um, I, I have a question for you. There's yeah. a part in the movie where it's towards the end. We're approaching the climax of the film. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Jocelyn Donahue. I'm about to Samantha, arrive. Samantha would be a very different movie if she did that. <laughs> but um, so Samantha's character, though, um, she gets a pizza from the pizza dude. She eats it. It, it. She doesn't like it. Tastes weird or whatever. And then some shit happens. And she goes over by the sink. And after this happens, she gets sick. Like faintly almost. Mm -hmm. Do you think that the effect of what she was feeling came from something coming up from the sink? 
No, I think it was. Or the was pizza. it something on the pizza? I think it was a pizza. Be and I, I wasn't sure because they they hovered over the sink quite a bit, almost as if there was like gas being like pushed up through the. That's the, because she heard now she heard sounds in the pipes. That's what I'm saying though. So was it somebody in the pipes pumping like a gas or something like that up through the pipes? Um, that why, why else would you be hearing knocking in the pipes? No, because you would really have to you'd have to pump a lot of gas through pipes to to poison somebody like that well yeah i mean if you well yeah it like if you you'd have to pump enough into a room to kind of like get it into their system and if you're pump, pumping pump gas into your kitchen if you're tonight. pumping that much gas <laughs> into the house then it's going to affect the other people in the house it's true i suppose you know okay. what i mean that's a fair that's a fair statement okay so no i just the she, way, the she, way goes, they showed to, it, she though, goes to eat the pizza and she keeps kind of like like smacking her lips weird like about something it. weird yeah, about this yeah. pizza i don't like, say anything more about it um the other thing that I want to briefly touch on, yeah, without giving too much away, mm -hmm. uh, the end of the movie, the the climax of the film, mm -hmm. uh, there's some there's some effects involved. There's some visual effects, yeah. uh, practical effects involved. Yeah. How did you feel about said practical effects? Um, are you talking about the 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 part with um the prosthesis? I can't say it. Prosthesis. Prosthesis. Uh, the prosthesis yes. of of uh, of. On Samantha's character? On other said character. Uh, I I only reason that I ask is that when when I first saw this movie, I was that was the one thing that I had a problem with because I thought that it looked stupid. Mm -hmm. I thought that that it built up this this really great tension in this movie, and I'm like, oh, well, they kind of killed it because this thing looks stupid or whatever, right? Uh, on I, my on my rewatching it last night, didn't mind it at all. No, I actually I thought it was fine. I thought it was I, totally fine and creepy, like super creepy. I didn't actually because if you look at the um, here's a little spoiler. I'm I'm just gonna say this. If you look at the the name of that character in the credits, yeah, it, it's a demon. Oh, okay, okay. It's, I didn't pay attention to it. Yeah, that it's it's I referred suppose. to as uh, uh, the the blue demon. I think. Okay. Well, there was there was two demons in the credits. Sorry, another spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> but there was. Uh, We're terrible at keeping this a secret. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Um, yeah, there was demon, and then there was blue demon. And uh, I I think this is the the blue demon in okay. question. Okay. No, I being that it was supposed to be sort of uh, in an uh, otherworldly sort of being. It's sort I had of, no problem with it. It sort of reminds me of the fawn from Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, a little, yeah. a little bit, like not as detailed, I but see a little that. bit. It's just because yeah. of the like the bridge in the nose is almost non-existent. Yeah, it was just kind of was. laid flat on the face. And, yeah. No, I thought it was, I thought that was fine. Okay. We've and given, actually, we've given too much away. <laughs> and actually, last last little thing, they pulled a total exorcist move toward the end of the movie, where they kept flashing the face. Oh yeah. Of not only that demon, but also another one, and I thought that was kind of an awesome little yeah. callback to uh, flashing Pazuzu's face. Yep. In yep. The Exorcist, so yeah. it's just, just a, another way of singing the praises of Ty West for this movie. You know a, what I mean? It's a good stutter right Yeah, I don't know, man. Not, I, I can't, I can't say enough about this yeah, movie. I loved it. This is, it's like I said, one of my favorite movies of the last decade. It really is. It's, it's so good, and most people do know about it. But I, I guarantee you, there's, there's at least a, a, a large handful of people that don't. You yeah. know. And uh, if you if you have not seen it, if you've heard of it but not seen it, if you've never heard of it and not seen it, um, hopefully we didn't give too much away. But go see it, uh, rent it, 
on on Vudu or some or where, wherever it is that you rent your digital. Yeah. Or or, or get Shutter. Yeah. Get Shutter for five. Shutter five dollars. Five bucks a month, guys. Only Come five dollars a month. You we should, you we should, we should be paid for this. We should be paid for this. But um, it's plus, it's fantastic. Plus, it's it was such purportedly, a good purportedly based on true events, which, which is it's unsubstantiated. But yeah. if it's true, that's pretty that's pretty scary. Yeah. That's scary shit. It really Ty West meeting his like ex girlfriend's mother for the first time. That's <laughs> that's actually what this this whole movie's based. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, okay. Uh, before we get into the next one, I need you to travel to the coast for me. Well, me uh, which loop. one? Uh, the West Coast. <laughs> the West Coast. The West Coast. Well, welcome everybody to the Wild Wild West. <laughs> Getting Jay? jiggy with it. Oh, no, Jay- oh, Joseph. No. Is that the wrong one? What? Is that the wrong one? Long song? <laughs> um, all right. Okay, so, so, so. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. Second movie? Yeah, second movie now. So after um, after The House of the Devil, uh, Ty West uh, did, in the same year, 2009, he made another movie that is universally panned uh, as just being awful. I Twilight? strongly negative. Negative. Ty West and Twilight, it might have been good. Uh, this is a movie called Cabin Fever 2, Spring Fever. Which is which not is the not, movie no, we're no, talking about. Not, it's not what we're talking about. I'm just saying he did a movie in between these two, though. And he did uh, he did Cabin Fever 2, Spring Fever, which is universally panned as being a terrible movie. I will, I will say this. I argue if you are a fan of splatter films and you are a fan of just good, gross body horror and just, just gross splatter effects... Give this movie a watch. Because it is nowhere near as bad as people say that it is. I want to say that I have seen this one, but I can't remember for sure. You know, we've been tossing around the idea of every now and then doing a show where the theme is looking at universally panned movies. Yeah. And rewatching them, and are they really as bad as people say they are? Or is it is it a... Is it a uh, What's the word that I'm looking for? Is it a? Is it a? Is it a? Is it a? Is it a hidden gem? Is it a? Is it a hidden? Not a hidden gem. I'm not saying that these movies are great, just not as bad. But are they? Are they panned for no reason though? Like, is it just because the the people have they go into it expecting one thing, and when that's not what they get, suddenly it's shit. You know. Well, well here, just just to get away from this and and to the point, like, so we don't have to explain it. Yeah. Let's just say next week we're gonna do one of these. Okay. How about that? Okay. I have one in mind. Okay, so next week we're going to... I have one in mind. I think I know what you're talking about, but I... You don't want to do it, do you? Uh, maybe not. <laughs> next week we're going to do an episode where we take a, a movie that's universally panned and we're going to study it uh-huh. and figure out whether or not it is as bad as it Does it deserve it's the be. credit that it gets? Right. That, that's what we want to know. Well, the, the negative credit. The, the negative credits, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, Cabin Fever 2, he did... I don't think I've seen this. That's the one that takes place in high school. Yes. I haven't seen I, that one. I, I thought it was great. You actually talked about it back in, in one of our episodes, like, way in the beginning. Um, Spoiler, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about... Uh, the Innkeepers. Fast forward two two years. Yep. Uh, he did a little movie called The Innkeepers, mm-hmm. 2011. Yes, sir. Uh, the story goes like this. During the final days at the Yankee Peddler Inn, two employees determined to reveal the hotel's haunted past begin to experience disturbing events as old guests check in for a stay. Oh. It's, oh. <laughs> it's kind of accurate. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think House of the Devil was a little better IMDb. I think nah. a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Mm. Uh, okay, so this is, the, this is the story of Claire and Luke. Claire played by Sarah Paxton. Fine. Fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Luke played by Pat Healy. 
Fine. Okay. Pat Healy is also fine. <laughs> Sorry, the jaw. Yeah, I'm just... We're like we're like old school like radio announcers. They have to do all their effects in in microphone. I need a what are those uh, slide whistle? I need a slide whistle. <laughs> I just I saw the jaw harp out there earlier, and I decided I needed to use it at some point. Go on. There it is. Are we? My brother used to be able to do it by smacking the top of his head. There it is. Oh, that, that was a good one. That was a good one. That was a good one. He used to do it by smacking the top of his head though, and you could and the, the vibrations that went through his head. Let's see, let's see if I can do it. I, I used to be able to do it. <laughs> that's... Oh, that just hurt. Don't ever do that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it doesn't feel good at all. No, I'm feeling the pain from watching. <laughs> My brother used to be able to do it by hitting himself in the head with a hammer. Mike, that sounded like... It sounded hollow. <laughs> Not much up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm crying out of laughter. Oh, Jesus. All, All right. right. Uh, also in the movie... Goodness gracious. Uh, Lena Dunham is back. She plays a small role, but she actually has her face in the movie this time. As She's working her way up. <laughs> it's not just a voice. It's, there you uh, go. She's the barista. Climbing up. And now, you have a, uh, an actress named Kelly McGinnis, played uh, Leanne Reese-Jones. Uh, is she familiar to you from anything else? Kelly McGill. Uh, you, first of all, you said Kevin McGinnis, which is not her name. <laughs> Kelly McGillis. You were talking too fast, and you said Kevin McGinnis. <laughs> Kelly McGillis. Is that her brother, perhaps? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, guessing not. Because sorry, the it, was, it was the head hit. It's it's leaving me a little uh, partially brain damaged here. I think. Um, <laughs> if you if you had asked me before, I looked at her IMDb just now. Yeah. I would say no. I I didn't i mean like she's kind of got a recognizable face That's but what I, I wouldn't have I been able it. to tell you anything that she was actually in okay okay turns out she was in top gun mm. and witness and the accused those are all pretty big 80s they movies. really are yeah yeah wow makes all sense right. as to why she's in this movie now there you go um okay so yeah so claire and luke uh they are uh the front desk desk clerks at the yankee peddler Inn, which is being set to be closed that weekend this is the last weekend that they're opening mm-hmm uh, or they're open. Uh, their boss is out of town in what Barbados? Barbados, or something like doing that. whatever the hell. Um, and so basically, he left these two to basically go down with the ship for, for its last couple days. Um, they obviously don't really care anymore about what's going on. They're more concerned. They're both ghost hunters, and they're more concerned about proving in the final days that the Yankee Peddler is open that it is in fact haunted, mm-hmm. haunted by the ghost of. Uh, Madeline O'Malley. Oh, thank you for remembering that because I did not remember her name. <laughs> Actually, let me make sure that's right. I'm, I think it is. I'm pretty sure that it is. Yeah, it is. Madeline. Um, or Mad- or was it Madeline or Madeline? Madeline. Madeline. Yeah. So but basically, though, they want to prove the existence that this that the Peddler Inn is haunted. Uh, and, and that's basically what they do. They have a, a recorder they do EVP sessions with and whatnot. And they walk around the uh, this, this inn trying to basically get proof that that exists right uh along the along the course of them doing this this woman comes uh uh leanne reese jones mm-hmm. uh, she used to be an actress i guess that claire was like obsessed with when she was younger so yeah. this is like a really big deal oh my god she's here turns out she's in town because she no longer acts but she's a seer she's uh for for all, a psychic for all intents and sure. purposes yeah and so she becomes sort of enamored with her they 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 form this relationship and that's basically what the movie's about. The story of Madeline, uh, still can't remember her name, O'Malley. Madeline O'Malley, 
is that she was killed and her body was hidden basically in the cellar of the inn. Yeah. And that is why she haunts the halls of like, the inn. Uh, was it, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, for some reason I can't remember right now, did they, they hid her body because they didn't want any like bad press? Sure. For the, for the I, hotel. I, I, to be honest with you, I forget. Maybe that's <laughs> that what it was. Right? I forget. I, the, I, uh, the the minutia of the movie has they kind might, of escaped me. Yeah, but. they might have they might have mentioned it, but that was far not my my focus on the movie. Yeah. Uh, it was really Claire's butt. <laughs> that was my focus <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> no, seriously, she had a great ass. You pig. Uh, <laughs> You are a pig. <laughs> no, I actually really, 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 though, enjoyed this movie. Yeah. It was not what I thought it was at all. This is a movie that we've been talking about watching for a long time. We just yeah. never did. I bought it years ago. We just never watched it. And um, I expected this to be your run-of-the-mill, spooky, scary ghost story. Yeah. It's not what it is. It's more almost comedy, sort of, like dry humor, than it is... A horror movie, yet I use the word spooky because that's exactly, I think, the word that encompasses this movie the most. It's a spooky movie. Yeah. It's a fun haunted house movie. It's, it's, if, 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 uh, House of the Devil was Ty West's version of a <laughs> 1980s slow burn movie, this was Ty West's version of a 2000s slow burn movie. Because yeah, it really was like, but not this, as shitty as most two thousands like ghost horror. Movies. I mean, can you can? Uh, but as far as slow burn, can you name another two thousands slow burn no. oh, ghost God, story? No, no, no you no, can't not, because not that's when people stopped having attention spans. Casper. Ca uh, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> the slow burn. <laughs> but I no, this was I, it. It really was like because. Uh, Largely nothing happens in in the first like small little things that keep you creeped out and mm -hmm. keep you captivated happen mm -hmm. throughout the first like hour of the movie. Yep. And then like Ty West, he he does what he what he basically does is he takes you to like sixty percent for the first for the first two thirds of the movie, and then for the last third of the movie, he cranks it up to a hundred. And one of the choices that he made in editing this movie is that it's is the inclusion of chapters. Which I thought was mm. awesome. Yeah, I thought that so, was cool. So, like you're talking about, he ramps it up and brings it to like 60, mm -hmm. and then he cuts it by chapter two. Like, like he'll cut that tension literally with a knife, and just stop it like dead in its tracks. Right. And then, oh, new chapter starts, and then he goes back to now. Then you go back to your characters are now behind the desk again. They're right. talking about what happened, but all that tension and suspense is is now recycled back into this new chapter. Right. And uh, and it's and it's a really genius way of doing it. I loved. That. I didn't expect that, mm -hmm. but I really loved how <clears throat> the breaking it into chapters really helped with that suspense. You know, it, it built that suspense up in areas where you might not have been able to get away with it in a standard movie, right? Because it's not the climax. Yet you can keep ramping it up. It's like it's like the whole bunch of small hills on a roller coaster before you get to that huge loop de loop at the end. You sure. know? Just enough to make you lose your stomach, but you're not puking afterwards. Does that <laughs> right. make sense? Yeah, yeah. I love my analogies. <laughs> <laughs> um as far as like if I'm comparing this one to House of the Devil, I liked House of the Devil better. Okay. There were parts about this movie that I kinda I agree. I agree. Um it, that doesn't. I'd that say, does not mean that this was bad, though. No, I'm not I, putting this no, in the I, bad. Camp. I did like. I did like this movie, but I. I felt like, honestly, aside like, I. Uh, Sarah Paxton's character, her story was probably the most interesting part, and that's kind of the part that mattered the most. Yeah. Obviously, because she's the, she's the main character. Most of the characters in this movie, I. I thought about afterward. Most of the characters in this movie were kind of non-essential. Um, sort of, they basically they, they when served they, their point though. 
I don't know. They I serve their point. Uh, there were t- there were two characters in particular that didn't serve any point whatsoever, which was there was the mom and the son that were staying in the hotel. I think you could mom, you could have gotten rid of those characters sure. entirely. They were there though. I think that they were there simply to just have to, to serve as meat in the story. It was just something for them to grab onto and them to interact with, so that it didn't just get stale between the two of them. But their interactions, you know? but their interactions yielded nothing. No, it didn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I think that their interactions built. It showed you the type of character that Luke was. The fact that he just didn't care, and the fact that uh, the two that's... of them, this kind of like they made fun of guests because it was for sport. Like, but I, it, I it think was, it... I think you got enough of that through his interactions with uh, Claire herself. Yeah, and through the interactions with. Leanne and the old man at the end. But but the way that I act with you though, you know, is one thing. Mm-hmm. I would not act with people I don't know the same way that I act with you. The fact that you see that Luke does, yeah, it, it, it's character building. He's just a total asshole. He is, it's, yeah. but it's character building though. You yeah. know, like he's not like a dick behind the scenes, but up front, he's not a mullet. You know, he's not all business up front, partying <laughs> in the back. He's like a straight shaggy guy. It's party everywhere. Um, I, I, I think they serve their purpose because it proves that they're the only ones in the hotel. They, they, they use the mom and her son mm-hmm. as basically, yeah, this you know this she's having this horrible time with her husband and this and that. She's here because she hates her husband. And he just couldn't give, he a, just shit. Doesn't give a shit. He yeah. couldn't give a shit. And that's it's, a, it's character building for him is what it is. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, And, and you see Claire do the, sort of the same thing, though, with, but, but with Leanne. That brings me back to my point that, like, even... Even Luke, like for all for all that he was built up to be in my mind, was sort of non-essential to the story. He was essential, but but he was essential to Claire. The story was about Claire. Right. The way that I look at it is, the story is about Claire. You needed Luke to build the character of Claire. Yeah. However, Luke doesn't do anything unless he has like the mom to go off of. It's all it's it's they're all incorporated. They're you're not wrong in saying that they're all non-essential. They they're not. They, the mother and the son don't they don't build the story, but they right. build the character that affects the other character that the story is about. That's true. That's a good you know, point. They, yeah. they all they all fit nicely in in their little box. Mm-hmm. Um and let's be honest, there's only what six or seven characters in the entire movie. That's uh, there's there's Luke, there's Claire, there's Leanne, there's yep. the mom and the um, the son. Yep. There's the old man at the end, and then there's uh, Lena Dun- Lena Dunham's character. Well, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. And you, then like and then like a couple cops at the end or something yeah. like that. You know. Well, but for the for the bulk of the movie though, you you kind of need some other characters to bounce off of every now and then. That's, that's true. That's what they served as. Yeah. Um, but I I loved it though. I thought that that their their relationship between Claire and Luke though I thought was very organic to me. You know, it was it was very it was very much the 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 age old tale. Jay, sorry, whoa, what are you doing? <laughs> Is that an apple? <laughs> it's an apple. <laughs> oh, I prefer oranges. Um, it was very much a case of though you know, boy likes girl, girl is oblivious. Kind of uh, kind of story. Boy likes girl. And it's kind of creepy. Well, he's like twenty years older than her too. <laughs> <laughs> Which but, uh, you did? Did you even notice? I, I haven't actually seen the movie, but you talked about it a long time ago. Cheap Thrills. Oh yeah, they're both in it. Yeah, he's the yep. same guy from Cheap Thrills. So yep. they they Which, played together before. Fantastic movie. We'll have to do an episode about uh, human games or something like sure, that. Sure. Yeah. The human game. The human game. The the uh, the the the, uh, the the human game. Why can't I, why can't I think of the name of that movie? The, uh, oh, uh, uh, the deadliest prey or. 
the, the it's, it's the pest, only the, 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 the real version of it. Why the hell can I <laughs> The most dangerous game. The most dangerous there game. Is. There it is. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Um, which is the pest? Mm. <laughs> With John, John Leguizamo. That <laughs> such a good movie. <laughs> Love it. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought Claire was... was she played a great character. Uh, Sarah Paxton, she played the character of Claire great. She was so believable to me. Like, like she was... I could sort of identify with her a little bit because she, because it's kind of like, I don't know, if you've ever been a person where you're kind of lost in life and you don't know what you're doing and you work at a dead end job, and when you have to describe to people what you do and you're just like, I, I, I have nothing. <laughs> I, I work at a fucking desk. I, I, I what do you want from and you don't, me? And she goes and you don't, through that and you don't really want. Well, it's kind. I mean, like her passion. She's she's only working at the Yankee Peddler Inn because she's interested in the possible haunting. Sure. Like that's why she's there. Yeah. She's not. Yeah, she works there, but she's she's mostly there to figure out if this place is really haunted. As or not. far as we can tell, at least. Yeah. It's kind of like like to relate it to what you just said. It's like you work, you do whatever you do. We've all, we've all been in that same boat. And then you go to like a family reunion, and somebody goes, "Oh, what are you doing these days?" And you're you're like, "Well, I do this and this, but uh, mostly I'm in a band. And yeah. I, I yeah. play I play music." And they're like, "Oh, do you have you ever have you ever made a CD?" Could I could I find your music on the internet? Like people who just don't get it, yeah. you know, like yep. trying to explain to them your passion yep. when they just don't get it, and that's kind of what her character is. Like she's really passionate about trying to find. But she's out. almost embarrassed to say it though, because she realizes that like most people just kind of look at it like. Well, it's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you you tell your your aunt who's like 67 years old that you're in a band, and she goes, "Oh, do you do you or guys like, do you like, guys do any Beatles covers?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or it's like a couple years ago when I was actually uh, uh, doing movie stuff, whatever. It's like, oh, well, I work on films. Oh, what film? It's nothing yeah, you don't know these low budget things, like or, and like, or the cla- oh. or the classic. Oh, you should talk to cousin uh, oh cousin Kevin because he knows some Fuck cousin Kevin. Let knows, me tell you that he knows somebody who works with uh, John Travolta and he could probably get you some kind of job. Just gotta get your foot in the door, get get your name out there. It's yeah, like yeah. fuck you, Aunt Sue. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she was very believable, though. If you've ever been, though, in that place in your life, though, yeah, like, her character is... You actually... I, I felt for her character. Yeah. I really, really did, And you she's kind of awkward. And, yeah. And, and just, like, it, she wanted to... In the cutest way. Yeah. Awkward in the cutest <laughs> way. <laughs> um, I loved I loved her reactions, because a lot of her reactions, which I, I think a couple of them actually were genuine. I think it, I know exactly In particular, the first, the first jump scare of the movie... Was the actually opening a, of the movie, yeah. yeah, was a genuine reaction because she, it's it's a she, she's it's shown, a classic prank. She's too. shown one of those fucking videos where it's like, watch this video. There's a ghost in the background, or or you won't believe what happens. Watch the chair, watch right. the chair, and then it's like a really uncomfortable amount of time goes after, and then suddenly the demon just pops right. up from the and it scares you to death. I have been gotten by that oh, dude. so many times. Absolutely. <laughs> I and the only thing that the only thing that made me not jump at that part in this movie is the fact that I have been gotten by that. Yeah. Like I know if there's I an knew uncomfortable... it was coming and it still made me jump a little bit. I didn't know when it was coming. <laughs> yeah. Um. I actually well, I listened to the commentary to this because mm-hmm. I, I I own it on DVD and I listened to the commentary when I was trying to fall asleep. So I was just kind of listening. But being that that's in the beginning of the movie, it was I was still awake when it was on. Mm-hmm. She literally while doing the commentary, she still jumped and it was like the most legitimate scream. It was not a fake scream, uh-huh. like, and they all, and both Ty West and Pat Healy were cracking up. Like <laughs> it still gets you. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, let's talk about Pat Healy. Pat Healy, 
I love Pat Healy. He's he's one of those. He's not real well known. The people probably don't know him by name mm-hmm. unless unless you know who he is, obviously. But he's not like a real well known guy. But he's been in so much stuff. Um, you mentioned Cheap Thrills, which yeah. I watched uh, just a little while ago with um, um, uh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, you from uh, oh Ethan Embry. Ethan Embry, yeah. yeah. Um, it's Ethan Embry, Pat Healy, uh, the dude that's in a lot of the Will Ferrell movies. Like again, I can't remember uh, David, his name. David Kochner. Thank you. Yeah. God, what would I do without you? <laughs> I don't know. Um, it is a fantastic movie. I didn't know this, but he's actually in the Post, that movie with John Travolta and. Uh... Wait, the, Meryl, Kev- the Meryl- Kevin Costner movie? No, that's the Postman. <laughs> uh, John Travolta, Meryl Streep, the, oh, yeah. the, the one that's yeah. nominated for all the Oscars. Yeah, he's he's has a good he's had a good career, but yeah, he does sure. lower budget, higher budget. Like he's kind of all over the just map. Kind of bounces he's wherever a char- he wants. He's a character yeah. actor and he's a comedian. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he's he's awesome. And he, even in this role, he played the character of Luke to a T. He's just he so was a, deadpan. Like he's uh, a dude that's probably way too old to be working this job. Mm-hmm. Like he's been there forever. He doesn't care about anything. Uh, yet he's hitting on the girl that is like ten years younger than him. Well, and one of the, one of the things that's brought up in discussions about this movie is the idea that you kind of find out later in the movie, sort of in the scene from our intro, that he's not quite as into this stuff as he claims to be yeah. in the beginning of the movie, and it and it it all just kind of stems from his his infatuation with her. With her, yep. Like she's really into this, and so he's really into it because you can only fake she's it to a really certain point yeah. before you shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there though, where we faked being into something it's because a girl we like until you shit your until pants. you shit yourself. <laughs> Which in that particular scene, I also would have shit myself. I completely. She's agree. right behind you, dude. If somebody, nope. okay, so. Mike was thinking about for my birthday this year. He kind of let this slip. There's there's a place in uh, Burnside, Michigan, which is on Burnside. Is that really where the, the city that's in? Yeah. Oh. Um. It's called the Burnside Manor. Oh. No. So on on your way, if you're what? What? Go on. No, go on. Is it is it not? Go on. I think go it on. is. Go on. So on your way from where we live uh, down in the Detroit area up to where my folks live in uh, Bad X. There's this house that looks like the Adams family house, uh-huh. and we've driven by it. You know the house. Oh, it's yeah. the Bruce Manor. Oh, the Bruce Manor. Bruce it's in Bruce oh, it's Bruce Township. <laughs> Jesus, that's not right. I knew yeah, that sorry. wasn't right. Okay. <laughs> sorry about that. The Bruce Manor. Um, and 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 we've driven by it for years. The and house looks like the damn Munsters' house. It's so creepy. Adams family, old. the Munsters, yeah. whatever. Oh. And and we've always driven by it, and we've always been like, man, what is that place? It looks amazing. Turns out it's actually got like a very storied. Uh, past mm-hmm. it, like murders and people killing themselves in it and stuff like that it's like it's pretty gnarly and they used to do haunted houses there but they don't do that anymore but what they do is paranormal investigations and anybody can do it if they pay a certain amount so pay up bitch pay up bitch so for my birthday mike was thinking about taking a small group there jay you're included if oh, you'd yeah. like oh, to go oh, no jay will be there you kidding uh, me? to to go do a little ghost hunt and i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty excited about that idea yes sir yes, i don't know sir. why i started talking about this because <laughs> you're excited about I'm it i'm stoked about it now. you brought it up to me earlier today too um, um yeah so anyway um no, I'd be freaked out though. Like if we go there and oh, that, happens, because, I'd be freaked oh, out. Like, yeah, because of me? that scene. If somebody said she's right behind Are you, you kidding me? I would. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me right now. I, um, I would be out of there, man. Absolutely, absolutely. And, if something... and he does now. Now the one thing though that he does for for a girl he's totally infatuated with when he gets freaked out about this part. He jumps up and pushes her over, like straight smacks <laughs> her out of the way I'm and out. runs his ass out. <laughs> to her credit. She chases after him, like, where are you going? Like, she didn't even take it personally. Yeah. Which is 
fault on her, but... Well, I mean, there was a ghost manifesting right that's behind true. him. That's so true, it's, I suppose. That's, <laughs> I really, I actually love, like, sorry, a little bit of spoilers, but I love about that scene is that it's all in, you only see their faces during that scene. Yeah. You never see the ghost nope. behind him, and that made it so much more tense. Like, if they would have showed the ghost, I think it would have taken me out of it for some reason. I agree. But just, like, just seeing the, the reaction on his face and on her face... Man, it made that scene so creepy. I completely agree. I loved it. Um, okay, so there's a spot in the beginning of the movie. It's the very first time she's walking around the the end. She's got the tape recorder to do the EVP sessions. And she hears a knocking at the end of the hall. And she goes to investigate it. When you were watching it, am I the only one that the music choices that they had and the shot choices and everything did it not feel Whimsical? very... Ghostbusters to you, was, like when they're going down to see the librarian yeah. for the very first time. Mm-hmm. I, it was at that moment where I go, "This makes this movie makes me feel like Ghostbusters." It Wait was a minute, kinda... Ghostbusters is one of the greatest ghost movies ever made, yeah. and fucking Ty West once again yeah. pulled off this feeling in his movie that rivals doing. the best. Absolutely, like it's I have to imagine so good. The score, the score on this again, just like House, uh, the House of the Devil was done by Jeff Grace. Okay. And I go. have to imagine, being that they've worked together before, I'm sure they're buddies. Great and, relationship. And, and they sure. probably have, yeah, this amazing working relationship where he tells Jeff exactly what he wants. Sort of a uh, Tim Burton and... Uh, Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman sort of vibe. I got your back. So, no, but I, I, I got that same I got that same feeling from it. It's Like mm-hmm. I said, it's almost kind of whimsical. Like, yeah. It's, it's got this kind of sort of bouncy feel to it where it almost felt like a... It didn't feel like straight horror. It was kind of like fun at the same time yeah yeah yeah. and and i don't know it's 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 i don't know he's he's so good his craft is so good (laughs) like i I just want to say it over i'm going to scream it from a rooftop (laughs) um one of the another thing that i really 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 liked about it is that it played off of the real life story that the yankee peddler is actually haunted yeah, the Yankee like Peddler they, is a real hotel. The, yeah, it, yeah, you can go there, and it looks largely the same. Yeah, you can actually go there to where they made this movie and stay there. Yeah, and um, you know, they, it's weird. They talked about this movie in one of the commentaries, and they, or making of something like that. That when they returned to the Yankee Peddler Inn after all these years, it was exactly how they left it. I almost I want to look up in Ty West's filmography and figure out where they made either House of the Devil or one of his other movies because mm-hmm. I feel like they might have stayed at the Yankee Peddler while filming another movie, and then he wrote a script based on it because of its experiences there. Well, the Yankee Peddler's in Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, so you don't know if. No, I don't. I, I don't know. I didn't do the research. I probably should have. Right. But they talk about it as if they stayed there before, and he wrote the movie with the place in mind because he knew it. It was familiar to him. Right. And it was. I think it was one of the. It was the cinematographer maybe, that was like when we the second that you returned, it was exactly as we left it. Like, and you said that he works with a lot of the same people, so I have to imagine that that was that was part of it. Yeah. Um. Also, I got to bring this up. Um. Jay, I'm sorry. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, however, Sarah Paxson, uh, Claire, she would not be into you. Is it because I'm a vegan? No. Is it because no. <laughs> I wear Converse Chuck Taylors? It is not. Uh, uh, she she goes to she goes to Luke's room in the middle of the night because she's scared. <laughs> she's scared out of her mind, and she wants nothing more than to come into the room. <laughs> And she is scared off and does not even want to come in when she's realizing that he's wearing the sexiest of tidy whities 
And it's, it's what I do. Not again. I haven't worn them since that one time. Like, I, okay, I did laundry since then. Right? Okay, so we were good. There was no uh, no need to take the next step. Uh, for In my notes, she was afraid of Justin's body type. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, last week, uh, last week Justin told spun us a little tale, where uh, because of noise ordinances and stuff in his apartment building, he wanted to remain respectful and not do laundry late at night. So he woke up the next day and realized that the only underwear he had to wear was a pair of tidy whities I found upon the move into that apartment <laughs> that were behind a drawer in an old dresser that I still had from a uh, from, from a like junior high or something. So I stretched those bad boys on and made them work. So if you'd like to hear that whole story, go check out our last episode because it is it is a beaut. Um. Anyway, so we didn't talk about we didn't talk about the character of uh, Leanne very much, but we, we we mentioned her. She used to be an actress. Now she's a seer. Right. Uh, Claire develops a relationship with her uh, based upon them looking for ghosts in the apartment or in the hotel and uh she basically they have a little bit of a, a session where they try to contact the ghost and she tells her do not go down into that basement uh you don't want to go down there stay away from the basement the cellar this and that so so what is claire so do? claire and luke get drunk off schlitz oh i was schlitz. going to use schlitz for tonight give me six schlitzes but we've drank schlitz before and sticking with our theme of never reusing beers we i couldn't do it but we gotta thanks to alex sheldon because that was a that was, was a good a great, choice. It was a great for our, choice for our first Stranger choice. Things episode. Uh, anyway, though, um, so they go down to the basement, and that's when all shit breaks loose, climax of the film, yada yada yada. Um, there's a point though earlier in the movie where Sarah thinks that she hears that same scratching that she heard in the beginning. Yeah. She goes over to a loading <clears> dock, <throat> like a, a garage loading dock type area. Yeah. Um, and as she walks back in, there's almost like it's like the uh, you know how they, they have the old cellar doors on the outsides of houses where they're like they're kind of angled yeah. into the ground. Yeah. There's one of those openings inside. Like the kind that you would run like run from a, a storm twist, shelter, a twister, a twister. A twister. You run into the storm shelter. Yeah, because a belt would totally save you from a twister going over. You. Well, I'm talking about more about oh, like uh, like like Dorothy and the Wizard of no, Oz. No, I'm talking about Twister, the Bill Paxton <laughs> masterpiece. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, so she she walks over to it and she hears the scratching and mm-hmm. pounding from the inside of it, and she opens it, and just uh, a crow flies out. Um, now, it, was a, it was a dove, actually. Not, but... or, or a dove. No, I thought it was black. No. Was it white? No, it was like grayish. Hey, Michael Jackson said it doesn't matter if you're black or white, right? That's that true. dove, that dove crow can be whatever it wants to be. Shimone. Um <laughs> I had a thought because there's a part in the movie where uh Leanne tells Claire that you have the gift, mm-hmm. that you are that you are a seer too. Everybody is a seer. It just depends on whether or not you can access so whether you can tune into yeah. it or not. Now, I don't want to give away the end of the movie, but uh, Claire finds herself in a perilous situation where she is now in that cellar and she's banging on that door for someone to come help her. And it dawned on me, if she, if Leanne is telling her that she has the gift to see the future, is it possible that earlier in the movie, when she hears the pounding on the door, it's... is she hearing herself oh. pounding on the door? Mm. Hmm. Is it possible? It is. I didn't even think about that, and it makes me, I mean, like, I, I already... Got, I just got goose pimples. Oh. Just putting that out there. Who calls them goose pimples? My grandma. Actually, what, they're actually called your erector pili. <laughs> So what you say is that that's what that's what the professional I'm term so erect. is that your erector pili is erecting. 
How do you even know that? Uh, they they taught uh, my fiance about that back when she was in uh, uh, the hairstyle school. My pili are, are my, erecting. I think she was going to the wrong erecting. school. Or the right school, if it was on purpose. Wait, they, they taught her that in, in, in uh, cosmetology? Yeah, hair follicles, yeah. <laughs> Erector Pili. Interesting. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, no, I hadn't even thought about but that. But is that's it possible? Like, like, is it possible that she was basically saying, "You saw your own future. Don't go down there." Now I want to know because what kind of bird it was because there are certain birds some, who carry sort of like symbology. What's the symbology? What's the symbology of there the are bird? certain bird like birds that carry sort of like ominous. I know. Uh, I know. Right? Is it possible? Yeah, it may. Be, I was you genius. You genius. Um, uh, by the way, I just want to I want to interject real quick and let you know that House of the Devil was filmed in Connecticut. Okay, so maybe so that's what it was. It's, it's a possibility. Chances that that's are where they, they stayed were. there. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, um, and actually, and and. Yankee Peddler Inn, like you said, it's a real place in Torrington, Connecticut. Actual claims of hauntings. Yep, yep. So maybe we should go there. I think we should. If, if we have success at the uh, the Bruce Manor, ah. then we'll head over to Torrington. I'm in. Totally in. I haven't been to Connecticut in years. but I've never been to Why would you ever go to Connecticut? Tour when we were touring. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. So it's, <laughs> there was a, we played this venue where it was a... It was a... <clears throat> like I don't a, care. Oh, okay. <laughs> It was a place where people put on uh, puppet stage shows. Oh, so the so creepy. the back the back area, like the the green room where we were all hanging out, was just filled with big ass like three foot tall marionettes. Oh, it was so creepy weird. as hell. Yeah, absolutely weird. Yeah. All right. Anyway, those are the the, the the first two Ty West movies you should absolutely check out for sure. Uh, if you've never heard of them. Um, hopefully we did enough to convince you that he is one of the best filmmakers working right now. He really is. He uh, he went on from this. He just did a movie with um, uh, 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 <clears throat> what's his name? Uh, so he did a western. The guy with the thing. The the guy with the thing. Oh, in, in the, the thing. in the valley of violence. In the valley of violence, though, it was with uh, John Travolta and uh, Ethan Hawke. Yeah. And uh, I have not seen it yet, but uh, it's supposed to be amazing. He did a movie called The Sacrament, which Dude, we the watched. The Sacrament was awesome. I think we actually talked about it on one of our shows. I briefly, I think. I know so. it was cults or something like that. We oh, did, did we actually? Yeah, I think we actually did it as. We'll, as have, a, to, we'll have to mm. look into that. I'm not sure. Um, but he also he had segments in VHS and the ABCs and of ABC Death. Death. Yeah. Um, He's didn't, been busy didn't he, have a, he had a segment in? Didn't he have a segment in that that Halloween movie? Oh, Tales of Halloween. Yeah. I don't think so he might have been in it i don't think he directed one. Oh, though. i thought he okay. uh he might have been in it though he might have acted in it but uh he's done dude he's done tvs tons of tv wayward pines the exorcist scream the tv series um he's just he's done a ton of stuff and and he's awesome and and i hope that his career though just continues on this yeah everything that he does just i mean very promising is, has been awesome and great yeah and he is worth your time. I guess that's what we're saying. I, that too. Just choking, choking sure, on that. Sure. I don't All think right. he has a problem with that. He's a Hollywood director. But <laughs> if that's how you choose to approach him, then then so be it. All um, right. All right. That is Ty West. We are the Buzzkill Podcast. Yeah, baby. You can find us on all social media. Starting. Uh, the Buzzkill Podcast on Instagram <laughs> and also Facebook. Like train wreck. <laughs> no, you shut your mouth. Meowth. Your meowth. <laughs> and uh, also. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the Buzzkill PC. Uh, go to go to iTunes. Um, give us give us two stars. And I want you to tell us on iTunes what your 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 favorite moment ever was when you thought you were being haunted, but it turned out to be a waffle iron. Yeah. 
We all yeah. we all have those stories. Every, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone's got those stories. I've had it twice. Actually, if you don't, if you don't, you're not living. No. <laughs> Haunted by the waffler. <laughs> also, check us out on Vero. <laughs> once I once I figure out what it is, I'm sure we'll be there. It'll never get updated. <laughs> if you want to find J Rock, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording, and also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. Do it. He sounds really good. I can say that as a client. That's yeah. all right. That's all right, I guess. All right, this, gentlemen. Uh, this this uh, this wall of plaques speaks for itself. It does. It does. What are those all gold? That wall needs <laughs> to see the dentist, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so much plaque. Oh Lord, gentlemen, it was a fun night. Yeah, good time, um, boys. I bid you adieu until next time. I bid you a toi. I bid you a tot. <laughs> Cheers, boys. Cheers. <laughs>